don't call it a comeback, because it isn't one. A week full of crucial smackdowns and two late upsets has turned the playoff picture upside down. While one owner can relax, and two more resign themselves to the loser's bracket, the rest of the league will need to fight to the bitter end if they want a shot at glory. Is it time for playoff prep or panic? There's only one way to find out. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. And we are back. Uh, as you just heard me say, this is Don't Fear the Keeper, and I am Diesel. Uh, joined uh, by the now very consistent commish. Chuck, how we doing? It's been good. We're, we're firing on all cylinders now. I'm on new, a new rotation. Like I said, as Kyle asked me, I'm throwing straight gas right now. So I've been doing well. It's good to be you back. Are. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Your guys' episode last week was very good. I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, as is, I guess, usually the case just because whenever I'm not on it, it's just, it's novel, but in general, no, I think it was it, good. Episode. I think it's, I think it's the exact same thing as like an interim coach bump. Right. Like it's, yeah, not exactly. that, it's, it's not that we're doing bad. It's just, you just get a, some, a fresh voice in there and it just mm. sounds more lively. I think that's really what happens. Well, that's, uh, that was always my um, thought on, uh, what was it? Two years ago when you could only do half the episode. So I was essentially bringing in spot starters was essentially the thing but yep. like it was kind of like everybody came into those episodes wanting to just throw heat which was kind of good yeah you know <laughs> it was kind of a fun time um so i think I, I think that's what you're falling victim to is that you just hear a, a different combo on the pod and you're like this is probably better than what we were doing before what really <laughs> in reality you get the game four of Josh Dobbs and the Vikings. Things look a little different. All of a sudden, things do uh, start to fall off. We'll get to Josh Dobbs. We will. We, we can talk Dobbs. Oh, we will. I got some Josh Dobbs takes. <laughs> I have some responses. Um, okay, but we can uh, jump into um, some... We'll, we'll quickly recap the happenings in the, the Norwich Football League, the real NFL, quickly, and then we can talk fake NFL. But um, So I think... I broke it into there were there were four types of of game that happened this past week. So there were two very important playoff stompings. Those were completed by uh, Colin and you, Charlie. Um, two, statement wins, yes. if you will. Definitely. Um, which yeah, we'll get into a little bit more later. But uh, then we have the second category is two fairly meaningless stompings, um, uh, and those were uh, accomplished by Scott and Mike. I, I say fairly meaningless because no, you can't. You can't say Scott's win was meaningless. He's now in the playoffs because of that win. That is true. It because of the tie, um, he does get in now. But uh, I guess it, meaningless maybe is the wrong word. You're right. Maybe the uh, word that I'm looking for is expected. You know, like yeah, okay. yeah, like I no one. What, I, I think we all thought Kyle was going to do better than he did, but no one was surprised to open it up and be like, okay, Scott beat Kyle and Mike beat Brian or uh, Paul. So every yeah. time I see that fucking bear, I think that it's Brian. No matter whose team it actually is, I believe that it is Brian. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Give me one moment. Okay. So 
so yeah so in, in lieu of um not having dead air the whole time while john does this uh john's back so that was good my life is were you monologuing I, I I waited. There was like eight seconds of dead air, and then I was like, I should probably say something. <laughs> I was just starting to get into whatever bullshit I was going to come up with, and then you came back. So. That's fair. Yeah. No, it was it was a pretty quick solution in locking him behind uh, one of the few closed doors that we have in this place. So, mm-hmm. you know, making use of that. Um, but yes, sorry. So two, uh, yeah, we won't say meaningless. We will say expected stompings by Scott and yes. Mike. Um, and then uh, one huge win out of Alex. Uh, which really, I mean, if he loses that one, it's, it's, it's over. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And that was, I said he did the Lord's work. He did. I said before, I said before that game, before I picked that game, like you got to pick the lesser of two evils when you're trying to pick a winner for that one. And I'm not always going to pick Brian to lose. So it's like, I'm happy Alex won, but he is still sitting there as a threat. He is very much a threat, which again we're going to get to at some point here because Alex is. But no, um, John, John, we, let's let's cut to the bullshit. We have to talk about your game. Yeah, because I think this was the most clear cut example of what you actually get when an unstoppable force is an immovable <laughs> object. The unstoppable force being a quarterback and running back combined needing like six points. <laughs> yeah, impossible to not get that. A, a bad quarterback game, barring an injury, they'll get you. That six. And that's what I kept telling myself throughout most of that. And once again, I did not have that game. Versus what versus the immovable object of your team this year. Like that there was there was that was the devil and Jesus Christ fighting back and forth in that game to see who could come out on top. I like that both the uh immovable object and the unstoppable force were my team. Both of them (laughs) Garrison was not involved at all. No. It was entirely internal it was it it was it made that game watchable it did like a momentum it was like uh uh-oh tip ball another pick it's like uh uh-oh he's back down where he started (laughs) this half ended and you were farther away i was from your goal than you started by it was incredible like 0.15 points i sent the message Yeah. yeah it was uh and that's why I didn't uh, put it on because essentially I missed the first quarter. Like I was fully, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the game on, but I was busy during the first quarter. And then I check, I was watching the score go, and it, I was like negative two points. I was like, I'm not putting this fucking game on, absolutely not. And then in the third quarter, when I was still back, like it was like four or five points, I just put my phone in the other room, and I was like, I can't, I, I absolutely cannot suffer through this. Um, yeah, no, it, it was absolutely incredible. Well, the crazy but, thing was it took one good drive. That's what I kept telling One good drive, literally one, one touchdown it, it, drive. It, it took one good drive and a pretty remarkable catch from TJ Hawkinson over the mm-hmm. middle to reach back and snag that ball out of the air. Yeah, which made up for the fact that, yeah, again, like you said, two two of the Dobbs interceptions were just just off of, I believe it was Addison and KJ Osborne's hands tipped yeah. straight up into the air and then landing. It, it, they were, they, they, they were the balls where like when you're like at high school and that happens, the coach mm-hmm. is like, you have to pick that ball off 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Like tips and overthrows have to be interceptions. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and an underthrow for the one of them. Um, but yes, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. No, and also he like said, just personally, I've been rooting for the pastor not to have a challenger space shuttle situation because people finally shut up about 
Maybe there's a reason Josh Dobbs has been available every year and has been on 11 teams seemingly in the last three years. Like, no. <laughs> it was funny. I'm part, I'm part of my pick today. They said he, like, got traded to the Cardinals a week before the season started and started out great. It was pretty great in his, like, initial weeks with the Vikings, including, like, the game where he didn't know the playbook. Like, maybe Josh Dobbs just shouldn't learn the playbook. Yeah, you should leave him at but home just, all week. Like, <laughs> like, he's better when he's just, just winging it out there. Like, you teach, you teach him things and he gets worse. He does seem to potentially overthink things. No, I've actually I've been thinking about this the past couple days, and I believe my official comparison on Josh Dobbs is I think he might be better Daniel Jones. I think that that is actually the best thing that I can come up with because is he better Daniel Jones or worse Tyrod Taylor? Uh, those are kind of the same flavor. Yeah. I think there, that's probably like, I think we might be saying the same thing in two different ways. <laughs> like the glass is half full. It's kind of a, kind of a must win versus can't lose type of thing. It is exactly that. Um, but yeah, no, essentially in looking at it, it's like, okay, he, he's like an okay. Pa- he's, I think a better passer than Daniel Jones. He's more aggressive than Jones, but he still has the turnover issues. He can absolutely not hand on, hang on to the ball when he's running with it, but he also needs to run with it because he can't be a drop back passer because he isn't skilled enough as a passer. No, I, I think I think when all the dust settles and you look at Josh Dobbs, he's going to be another one of those guys, which there's been a lot where it's like if you need him to start or come in the middle of a game and finish it, he can get it done. Or if he needs, needs to make a spot start here and there throughout the season, he can do that. If he's got to play five, six games, like you're, it's not going to end up very good. I think there's a lot of guys that are like that. Case Keenum has kind of become that. I think Jacoby Brissett has sort of become that. Tyrod's the 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 real version Ty, of that. Tyrod, yeah. Tyrod is exactly like that. There's 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 like a no maybe eight to ten. Over the last sort of five, six years, backup quarterbacks where you're like, all right, you're pretty confident if he has to make a spot start or come in in the middle of a game that you can he can hold the ship steady. But when you're asking to start five, six games in a row, that's where it's gonna get ugly. I do I sincerely think and I'm I might not wind up starting him the rest of the year just because Jordan Love looked good enough that I might not have to. But I do sincerely think that coming off the bye week with Jefferson healthy presuming I guess Jefferson's healthy. I just don't see a way that he can be truly bad because that's too good of a receiving core around him. And O'Connell's too good of an offensive like designer for him to actually be. That was a weird game. And also they are in that spot where it's like, it's kind of like when Eli Manning was bad towards the end and Ben McAdoo went to Geno Smith. It's like, are they really going to go to, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Are they going to go to Jer- they going to Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins? Is that yeah. really where they're turning? Like, do they think that's the, what they've been missing? Yeah, that's here? the spark. You know, like, is Nick Mullins? They're kind of they're kind of in this spot where it's like he is probably the best quarterback available on their roster. He is, and again, if you take out those two tips, he is. It, it was just another Josh Dobbs game, essentially, where he had two turnovers and looked pretty good. Besides that, that's yeah. like that's just what he, he, he looked okay. He looked okay. Besides that, yeah, he did. Yeah, this was yeah. more of an okay than a. He's had games where he's looked good. This was an okay game. Well, he made he made no plays on the ground. No, really. like the the games that he's been good. He's rushed for a touchdown or like broken like a third down run for a first down. Like he really didn't do anything. Yeah, no, neither team. 
Neither team did anything. anything. Which is so funny also that it was like, everyone behaved like it was like Justin Fields had this like, man, this is a Justin Fields game. And Josh Dobbs had this like, man, but the wheels are falling off for Josh Dobbs. And the results were damn near identical. It, it, it was a game where it was so bad it became good. It kind of became like, how will Josh Dobbs throw another interception? What weird play with a Bears run and lose 12 yards and then they have to punt? Like, did or I miss the field goal? I don't think I sent this. Did you see the passing chart for Justin Fields for that game? I did. You, you did send that. I did. It, it okay, was incredible. Good. Because it, it's it wasn't truly. Average, it's, I think his average yard of target was like 0.8 yards it or was, something. It was truly. Un- there was one pass taken beyond 15 the, yards. The, the Bears forgot the middle of the field was there. Yeah. They're like, it's the, the middle of the field is lava. That's how the Bears were playing <laughs> that game. It was. Um, okay. Well, let's. Do, do you have any other opinions on the rest of the NFL slate uh, while we're. I will comment on the Browns briefly. Sure. This is where Browns fans are at after this game, in which we saw guys. It seemed, that was that game you could have set in stone, where it was like Browns were going to lose and you're going to watch guys get hurt. You would watch key players get hurt in yeah, the game. Miles Garrett, yeah, Miles Garrett. Mark Cooper went down. The quarterback went down. Miles Garrett is now hurt. They already had a thousand guys out with injuries. It's like, okay, this is this is where this is where it falls apart. As Browns fans, this is our attitude this week. People are legitimately sitting in their living rooms or whatever, it, monitoring the airways, being like, "Hey, we all saw Flacco in that playoff run." Like, <laughs> maybe that's still in there. That's, that's where we're at right now. That's the same we guy. <laughs> We're, we're like, we saw this guy get hot before. Who to say he can't get hot again? That's literally where we're at right now. Joe Flacco starting this week. He's taking all the first-team reps. DTRs and concussion protocol. It's basically impossible to get out of concussion protocol in one week with the NFL's new rules. It's it's very Brock, especially Brock, with the quarterback. Brock Purdy did do it, but he ended up not really having a concussion. Like if you actually get a concussion, it's impossible to clear protocol. There have been two week, or basically. three guys, I think, that, that have done it. But you're right. The, the more common thing is two or even three weeks, which is – Really, Marquise Goodwin had a Marquise Goodwin had a concussion for a month. I mean, yeah, uh, or um, what's his name, Montgomery on the Bears, or no, not Montgomery. He, Montgomery's no longer on the Bears. Uh, one of the Bears running backs was it was four weeks with a concussion, yeah. which is fucking insane. So yeah, so like Joe Flacco started this week, and it's like here we go. Like we'll see, we'll see what, we'll see what he's got. I mean, the nice thing about that is that at least you guys finally have a actual veteran in there that it's like okay yes, i mean it's you like, can ask him to throw 25 times and not hold well, here's the thing time. if you want to point to like the positive it's like you know what he can do yeah and he's not and he knows what he can do it's probably does. more important thing he does know what he what he's able to do and can't do so it's like he won't in theory he won't turn the ball over like yeah. barring a, a tip ball or something weird it's like he shouldn't turn the ball over no, he's just going to take. He's not going to run. He's not going to run. He'll just fall down and get sacked. I was he won't say, get stripped. He's going to have like eight sacks probably because he's just. Well, the issue, he can't. I mean, he's he's. You might as well actually put concrete shoes on. Exactly. Yeah. He's, not, he's not moving back there. Just so. have him take every snap from the shotgun. There's no point in pretending. Flacco's one of those guys where it's like, it, Tom Brady was not like this. Peyton Manning towards the end was like this, where it's like they start to run. And it looks like they're it's painful for them to like try to get up to speed yep. and get something. It's like, oh my god, they're gonna hurt himself just running in a straight line. Yeah, uh yeah, I think Peyton, Matt Ryan, um 
Eli Manning definitely was there were moments yeah. where it was just like you held your breath more when he was running than when he got hit because you were just like this can't if no. he wasn't designed for this like the muscles no, aren't ready can't do this. no um you're, yeah. you're waiting for him to run four yards at a jog and pull up with a hamstring it's well, like, oh my exactly. god <laughs> not get touched and have the old non-contact injury um, so we'll see. We'll see. The Browns' whole line is going to have to hold up because, like I said, the the best flag I was going to give you is he can step up with a pocket. Yeah, a step. Kinda. That's all he can do. <laughs> yeah. He can move one step forward. That's about all the mobility he has. So we'll see how they. They're supposed to get Jed Wills back in a couple weeks. Oh, that'll that'll be great. Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones has been playing pretty well. They've been they've been rotating tackles. Browns instead of rotating defensive linemen, they're not rotating offensive linemen. I mean, you so. might as well with how things have gone. If, if, if one coach can figure that out, I'll be Bill Callahan. So I'm like, all right, maybe they know what they're doing. But it's like, yeah, we – I don't know who, I don't know who on the Browns is going to be suiting up on Sunday out like around Joe Flacco. There's really anyone, no, no way of telling. I don't think anyone on the Browns knows who on the Browns yeah. will be. Um, also, do you have any thoughts on the, the Browns, any more thoughts? Because I, I have to do at least 30 seconds on the Giants. <laughs> They're probably not getting um, the one seed now. Uh, it, it very quickly switched to yeah. We can we can, we can get the one seed to all right. Where are we finding the last three wins we need to make the playoffs? That's mm-hmm. what it became to. Fortunately, they're playing the Bears, who look incompetent even with Justin Fields. They're playing the Jets, who even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I hope he doesn't come back. But Tim Boyle is not the answer. And they're playing the Bengals, who are officially corpse Bengals. I think that's official now that they. Oh yeah, no. Without uh, they, I was listening to an interview with a Cincinnati beat reporter today, and they're like, "If it goes bad for Jake Browning, they will go to AJ McCarron off the practice squad as their quarterback." So it's like that's where they're at. That's... So well, and so that's also to to loop back around a little bit. That's why I think Joshua Dobbs is going to make some money this off season because one general manager is going to overreact to what's happened this year, which is that essentially fifty percent of quarterbacks have gone down with serious injuries and go, this guy can get me four good games. Yeah. I'm no, paying this. What's guy. what, what is the percent contract? Is he getting like, he's getting like 10 million over three years or something. No, I think the current, the, the highest one that I'm aware of is I think the giants were paying Tyrod. It was like seven a year to, that's a lot of money for a backup. Quarterback. Exactly. And it was, because essentially at the time the giants, it was like Dable was like. It, it wouldn't shock me if Josh Dobbs signed like a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract with somebody. I think it's going to be at fifteen or twenty, like where it's going to be like they're paying you enough that he's like, it's like, okay, we're going to win some games if our guy goes down. We're not yeah. doing this again. That's what I think. That again, however, that market you're looking at, there's maybe four teams or five teams that are even in a position, both with their starter and their team and their cap space, to even consider that offer that that's not a big market of people that are no it's not but you would probably it'd be a younger quarterback it's not going to be a herbert burrow uh you know well i could see like that like, would, would make money sense for the texans to maybe do something like that i was thinking the texans the panthers um anybody on the panthers the panthers are fucked they're panthers are fucked. For a minute. they're fucked but that's the thing though they do dumb things with the quarterback situation also also who the what, what are the panthers like frank reich by the way Fired mid-season and back-to-back years. Now collecting two paychecks. money from two franchises. Yeah. So nice, nice job, Frank Reich. It's um, 
It's an all-time he'll probably, overreaction. He'll probably go back to the Eagles and be their OC next year because Ben Johnson's going to get a head coaching job. So he'll yeah. break, break, go back to the Eagles and be their, be their OC. I mean, I do think it's an all-time. The Panthers are quietly, very quietly, the worst run team in the NFL, I think. The, the Frank Reich situation, it's a worse version of when the Niners hired Chip Kelly for a season. Where it was like, Frank, what, what, Frank Reich wasn't good with the Colts. It's like, at least Chip Kelly, like, you saw something with the Eagles a little bit. And, like, in theory, you get the right personnel. Chip Kelly could work. See, it's like, what, 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 were they, what, what were they expecting Frank Reich to do in I Carolina? I think that they— what's, what's the best, What was the best-case scenario of that hire? No, they were trying to—that that was a, we don't have the roster. We need a guy who's run a football team to hold us over for three years until we build up the talent. And then, yeah, at that point, he has his third losing season. You fire him and you bring in a good coach. That's what you were trying to do. And yet, for some reason, they went, you're a mediocre coach with a terrible team and we're losing games. What the fuck's also, going on? absolute classic fire head coach. On the way out, Frank Reich's like, by the way, I wanted C.J. Stroud <laughs> in the draft. So. Yeah, the Tepper had to uh, respond a- absolutely, to it. Absolutely classic. Like, no, well. I, most of the coaches wanted Stroud. Tepper's one that told us to draft Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not shocking. Okay, wait. 30 seconds on the Giants. I can't believe that Tommy DeVito is going to cost us an opportunity to draft an actually good quarterback. I will say, props to the Giants have done nothing good this year. Props to them for finding the most Italian man with the most Italian family to play quarterback in New York and win a couple games. It's electric. Why, did you see the, the clip of Tommy DeVito's family tailgating? Yes, I did. They're all smoking cigars. I mean, every the most typical Italian man, all with a stogie in their mouth. That was incredible. No, and they are, and that's that is so perfect to me because it is again. He went to my high school. I knew ten to fifteen people who were exactly like that. Who obviously you know weren't good quarterbacks, but like you know. The Italian horn chain, the like, you know, the real heavy, like New Jersey kind of accent. It was, it's weird. I'll give, Tommy it. DeVito, I'll give Tommy DeVito a lot of props too, because he knows he is not long for the National Football League. No, he's, so he's he, having his he is, He's getting his moments out there. He's doing this and the, in the like, he's doing like the, you know, a little bit of this. In oh, the, yeah. The, in the, you can't the see what we're doing. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe the what Italian doing, you know, hand gesture. Yeah. Um, I've seen it like, I'm like, pardon my tape. Like, yeah, Tommy DeVito, like he'll be able to put his Jersey or a football from his touchdown pass, like in his office. Oh yeah. Whatever job he has forever. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. I'll tell that story of when I was the quarterback of the giants, as the an New York insurance salesman, giants. the New York football giants as yeah. As an insurance salesman. Um, yeah. What, what do you keep looking at Chuck? I I I fucked my neck up. I'm still trying to like stretch it out. <laughs> Chuck keeps turning over his one shoulder, and I keep going like, "Oh, is something like going?" You also keep turning towards the door from my perspective, yeah. so I'm like, "Oh, is someone calling your name?" Um, but yeah, uh, okay, we can do that. That that'll be the recap, I think. Unless you have any spare thoughts. No, I I, I got nothing else. All right. Well, we can uh, move then into our. Uh, Next segment, which is uh, gonna, I'm calling the Norwich Football Playoff Committee. Um, 
Okay, so uh, to explain this uh, this segment, uh, I decided uh, with the um, the college football playoff, you know, debates sort of coming to a head, that it would be entertaining to um, have Charlie and I form a two man college football playoff or Norwich football playoff committee. You can be Boo Corrigan. I will be Condoleezza Rice in this scenario. Okay, absolutely. That is that is absolutely um, how I would like to do this. Um, but so yeah, what what I want to do is rather than obviously going by just straight records and tiebreakers and everything like that, I want to um, look at the resumes of all the contenders and pick four teams of them to form our Norwich Football Playoff. Now, Chuck, you had a question about why not six teams. Would you like to pursue that? Well, so I just want a clarification because John's like, we're going to pick a college football playoff committee. And I was like, so are we only doing four or are we doing six like the actual playoffs will do? I just wanted more clarification on that. Yes. We're doing yes. four. We are going to do four both because that's what the CFP does. And also when I was kind of doing it in my head, six actually provides less fun debate. Oh, it's way more fun to debate with four. I just wanted clarification on what what we were doing, yeah. So we are on the same um, side here. Uh, Okay, but so the uh, resumes, so I put together some resumes, um, and I want to be clear about some vocabulary. So I will be referring to all divisions as conferences. I will be uh, referring, so I have FPI listed, that's just points for. I have strength of schedule listed, that's points against. Um, (laughs) Everything else should be pretty straightforward. (laughs) Excellent. It's much more fun this way. But so essentially I have, I broke out. And, 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 and John, so people, so he has that and he has quality wins and then ugly losses. Yes, of course. So those are good. You got to have uh, both. Oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. Give me 30 seconds. You are the worst. Why are you this way? This dog, this dog is really sometimes. I'll tell everybody that. Nope, you're outside. Go see Barbara Brown. My life is a waking fucking nightmare. <sighs> so, <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I have quality wins and I have ugly losses. And then you also have conference champs and at, some at-large bids, I think yes. is the important uh, middle ground. Um, uh, and then I also, I, I obviously, I have records listed. Um mm-hmm. But so, yeah, and I've broken out a few of the the notable quality wins. A quality win, I essentially counted as a win over anyone who was good by a fairly sizable margin um, or so like to, to, by any margin. To, 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 peel back, to peel back the curtain, John listed eight teams here of the 12, and he basically listed all the quality wins or losses or, or ugly losses are against the teams that aren't on this list or the ugly losses or the teams that are on this list to be the quality wins. It's basically kind of how it broke down to. That is loosely how it goes. Um, yeah, I didn't really count like a close win as a quality win just because it was easier to do it that way. Um, and yeah, essentially, so it was loosely like a wide margin was important over a good team or – um, if you lost to me or Kyle, that's an ugly loss, no matter how, by how many points. Um, or if you beat Mike by any number of points, that is constituted as a uh, a quality win. Yeah. Um, Mike has no ugly losses, so I just put Mike's regular losses. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, so with that, let's just dive into that because we can start there because it's pretty easy. So th- there's there's a couple easy spots here. So I think Mike is the Georgia in this scenario. It'd be Mike's tough to one. argue that you wouldn't put Mike at number one right now. Um, you know, he's, his strength of schedule is not good, but it's like one of the things where he's so dominant on the field that it's like, yeah, sure, Georgia's beating probably overranked or underranked opponents a large part of the time, but they're dominating them. So it's like, doesn't matter. They're still showing themselves as the best team on the field. Um, I'll be comparing every team to a team currently in the college football playoff Absolutely. race, not just, just to make it easier. So I think Mike, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to think, but I think I would put Mike as the one seed, not really questioning it. No, I agree completely. Um, just to go through it. So Mike's quality wins are he beat Colin by 60, early season Colin, but still. Zach by 45 and Ben by 30. Um, yeah, again, no real ugly losses. Uh, he's first in FPI. And you're right. He's got the worst strength of schedule. But uh, there's just no... He, he cannot account for how many points his opponents are scoring against him. Yes. We cannot yes. hold that against him necessarily. So... And, uh, and, yeah. and if it was Georgia, he'd be like, well, they're just playing great defense. That's yeah, why they're that's not true. getting at the That's exactly. The best uh, offense is a good defense in this case. So, yeah, Mike, so, number one seed, absolutely no question. So, already at two, you get to some questions here. You do. There are questions. I think there's an easy answer to two still. Though. So, in this scenario, it's probably Colin is the Michigan of this scenario and slots in at two. Second in the FPI in points for this scenario. Second in strength of schedule. I mean, he's beating good teams. He just had a big win over. Um, he just dominated Ben. That's kind of like Michigan beating Ohio State. So I would slot Colin in at two here. I I agree. Um, again, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's he's got some big wins recently, and I think there are a couple different factors. Number one, um. You know, all of Colin's bad losses were early in the season when he was effectively a different team. They don't count anymore. Bad, don't count. bad losses don't count early they in the season. They don't count early in the season. Um, Colin appears to be playing his best football at the right time to pull a quote out of every college coach's uh, playbook around this time of year. But it's, it, it's, it's most deserving versus the best teams. We're playing the yeah. best football right now. Playing the best football. Three, I have thought so Colin two. Are you arguing the Colin? Yeah, I am hundred. He's second in uh, FPI yeah. I, and second in strength of schedule. So I think we can definitely hand him that. Three, the most perfect comparison we have is Ben is Florida State, where by all accounts he is limping towards the finish line. But you look at his record, it's like, what are you going to do? Like the games have to matter. Like Florida State. If they're undefeated, even though they limp to the undefeated season, they're there. That's they, how Ben is. I mean, okay. So I, I do agree with you um, that I think that Ben is limping, and I do think that um, Ben would essentially be getting in based on the strength of his early season, which is obviously kind of a tough thing to give him. I mean, I think what I would point to is, so Ben has not scored that many points, Let's remember a time very recently that Ben was in second place in points for, or sorry, FPI by a pretty decent margin. Yeah. He is now seventh. Yeah. He is ninth in strength of schedule, essentially implying that this is like, um, this is actually a perfect Florida State comparison because it's like, okay, great. You're doing amazing. You played no one. Yeah. You played absolutely no one. So I, Charlie, 
and you'll be thrilled to know this. And you look at you got like the big wins like LSU. Is that even a good win anymore? Mm-hmm. Like that uh, that type of thing. It doesn't look as good. Um, I would point actually Charlie to you at three would be who I would uh, slot in there. Hold on. Put Ben at three because I want to drop the hammer on me to be the four seed right now. Well, I, uh, I don't want to put Ben at three. Because How I do have... you not put Ben at three? He is Florida State in this scenario. Like it's the perfect comparison. But here's the thing. Ben does not have the like Florida State is undefeated. That's why you have to put them at two but, years. So, two but but, so, but, it, but it's, it's record is what I'm looking at. Like Ben has his tie or his, his sec is like outside of Mike, Ben has the best record. Like well, here's the other reason why he's not Florida State. Ben, and we haven't discussed this with uh, Colin or Mike yet. Ben is an at large. Ben is not even tied. Th- this is true. So that, that is where it breaks out a little bit. He gets into like a like like a Georgia loss type of scenario. But that's not even a good because Georgia's still a good team. It would be like Florida State not winning the ACC and still putting them in. It just doesn't make sense in my opinion. I think th- he's the fifth team, but I don't know that Ben is uh, the third team. What, the reason that I would argue that he deserves a three is because I think I am the fourth seed because I am the Oregon Ducks. Okay, I lost to I lost to Washington Zach uh-huh. first week of the season early in the season. But on the rematch, I just hammered him. I mean, put Zach in an absolute body bag this past week. Zach didn't know which way to turn. I was just hitting them from all angles. Every single did my best to keep it close, and he was just no match for the offense I was putting out there. That might be the Pac-12 championship on, and Oregon becomes the four seed in that scenario. And I am for, Oregon. For your metaphor, sure. For the actual purposes of evaluating this, I think you're the third seed. <laughs> I love that you're sticking your metaphor above the actual logical reason of this. And now, do you are you comfortable now that you've actually been able to to uh, throw that out there that we can put you at three? Because I, have I mean, yeah, am I, am I better than am I better than Ben right now? Probably. Like, if I you're looking you're at better than Ben, it's it's a one loss. Like one loss, Oregon is better than one loss, Texas. I think, even though Texas might have a better win or played a tougher schedule, seemingly, but even Oregon played a tougher schedule. But that that type of thing, like, no, it is, and it's also, I mean. Uh, it's one win. And again, the thing that we have to bring up is that every year they do this, it's the eye test. Yes. We don't get in in 2014 if we don't stomp Wisconsin, probably. If yes. we win that game by five points, we're, we're not winning. No. Or we're not making it in there. Y- you have the uh, more recent statement wins. Ben definitely has some big wins. He's, he beat you big. He beat Gary reasonably big. And he did hand Mike one of his losses. But he's got way more ugly losses. He got smacked by Colin. He got smacked by Mike. And he got smacked by Alex. Who, spoiler alert, I think deserves to be in this conversation despite his record. So Alex is the Alabama in this scenario. Where yes, it's like, probably. He has, the, he has the pedigree and the success of doing this. And it's like, you're really going to leave him out if they win this game? But here's the thing, it's not even pedigree. Okay, actually, can we let's let's uh quickly let's go through Scott and Gary and throw them out because I don't think that Yeah. This G- is the other Gary, Gar- Gary's Washington in this scenario. He's fading, he's gonna get he's gonna get pulverized, that's probably gonna be it for him. And Scott is 
Oh no, Gary's like, UCF. I think <laughs> Gary's uh, gonna no, potentially no, no. win because they they did they did win all their games. They did. like That's true. he's not five hundred. Yeah, like they did win all their games. Um, Gary is Nate Washington, and Scott is like Penn State, where it's like when he actually stood up against the big teams, he 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 didn't have it. He didn't have it. Uh, to pull from a different year, I think Garrison is like is. Um, the several Utah teams that have won the Pac-12, where it's like you won the Pac-12, you got two losses. Yeah, you're not getting. He's not putting you in. Um, and you also played no one the whole year. Um, and for the record, I went through it. Gary has like two quality wins and a lot of ugly losses. He's got four ugly losses by my count. Uh, one each to me and Kyle. Garrison yeah. has represented a shocking portion of the wins Kyle and I have. Um. And then, yeah, from a Scott perspective, um, uh, uh, he's gotten blown out more than he has actually stood up and really won. Um, and this was the other reason why I really wanted to do four teams. Because if you do six teams, there's no way you can really dance around letting every conference winner in. Yeah. The same way, the 12-team playoff, every conference winner is going to make the playoffs unless something they, weird they, they, they literally do. They literally oh, do. Oh, is, that, a, is that actually... The, the like, five, you know, the five... Highest ranked conference champs will all be in. All immediately are in. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so there you go. Yeah, so there's no reason to, to do it that way. So that's why I didn't want to put this in because I don't think Scott belongs here. Uh, he is, he's actually, he's done okay. Um, like in terms of like, he's won some games, he's put up points. He really has. Mm-hmm. And he's had a middle of the road strength of schedule. But he's just not... Um, I test so the reason, he doesn't do it. So I'm fine with me at three because we're gonna. That's an eye test thing. I think you have to leave nine at four because it is the Florida State comparison. No matter what happens on Saturday around them, if Florida State wins this game, they're, they're it. So and I do think so. That's where like, I want to have, which is the comparison. Like Ben's gonna have the eight wins. Not enough teams are gonna get to eight wins around him to knock him out. Like he's gonna be in. No matter how he looks down the stretch here, he's going to be there because he's got eight wins. Florida no, State has the wins. They're going to be in. And I do think that there is some some merit to that. The So I think we need to then go through Zach. And I do want to talk about Alex. I'm going to let this dog out, and I'm never going to let him back in. He's he's going to be he's going to be a dog of the streets. Um. You'll see him, uh, you know, on like a poster, and it'll say like missing, but don't bring him back. I'm just gonna. Oh my god! Stop! Holy fucking shit! Never in my wildest dreams. Okay. Um. Sorry, uh, I, I stepped away and didn't talk. So you can just edit that part out. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, this is going to be a nightmare to edit because of you, Nugget. Sorry, our neighbor is uh, he's a black lab. He wanted to come in and was pawing at the door, which uh, apparently made Nugget think that we were under attack. Okay, <clears throat> so it's it comes down to in it then Zach, Ben, and I. I think let me at least discuss Alex. Yeah. So uh, I think we can go through, and the first one to fall, in my opinion, you go ahead. 
Well, I'm saying Alex Zerger being in the discussion because he is the Alabama in the scenario. Like, if he wins out, it's going to be tough to keep him out. Well, and also, if you just look at it on a merit perspective, so Alex has the fourth most points. He's fourth in FPI. Like, that's you can't really argue around that. He's fifth in strength of schedule, which is, like, not bad. Uh, but essentially, Alex just flip-flops between beating really good teams and inexplicably just getting absolutely blown out. There's no consistency, essentially. Yes. He could beat anybody in any week. He could also lose to anybody in any week. Because, um, okay, so Alex has beaten Ben by 50. He did beat Mike by the largest margin. He beat me in a game that I team forgot was playing that week. That is true. He beat you by 50. But then he loses to Kyle by 44. He loses to Colin by 30. And then in the other game against Mike, he loses by 20. So I don't know what to make of this team. But in terms of like, if you really thought about it and said like, okay, who would you least like to see in that first round matchup? You're going to say Alex before you say Zach or Ben. You know what? I'm in. I think Alex is the four seed. <laughs> I'm I'm with I'm with you on that. <laughs> like, on that one alone, I can't argue against it. Like it's tough to argue. Again, it's it comes down to the is it the best team right now, or is it the most deserving team? Because the most deserving team is Ben. I agree with yes. you. But the best team right now is probably Alex. Might, might be Alex. Did the um, Lords did the absolute Lords work this week? I will tell you. <laughs> He did. And so I think you throw Zach out because um, Zach has some really bad losses <laughs> to, to go through them very quickly. Uh, Zach uh, lost by 94 to Ben, 45 to Mike, 40 to you, and 23 to Gary. Um, and he doesn't have, like, everyone else on this list has a big win or, like, won their conference. Everybody else essentially has, like, a, like, okay, like, they stomped another good team. Zach hasn't. Zach's biggest win, he beat Colin by 20. And that was early season Colin. Mm-hmm. So, and he beat so me early that. in the season when I was a different team and then got absolutely hammered by my team last week. I mean, it wasn't even close from the start. It, it wasn't. So I think you throw Zach out. And then it comes down at that point to Ben versus Alex. And I think that actually you would say that these two teams are similar. The difference is that Ben stacked up all of his good games at the beginning and is now playing terrible. Alex is going back and forth every week. <laughs> but Ben's a co-Big 12 champ. Yes. And Alex might win the Big 10 championship by 60. That might be what we're looking at here. It's very possible. And that's my argument is essentially that if you switch their schedules, Alex probably has the same record as Ben. Um, and Zach obviously can confirm that with his, um, I forget what that website is, but yeah, it's, you, you look at the strength of schedule, you look at the FPI, uh, the record's the only thing telling me that Ben's the better team, and the eye test is telling me otherwise, so I think it's Alex. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in at me at three and Alex at four. I think that's, that's a rightfully correct, incorrect college football playoff committee pick right there. It's perfect. It's, it's, it's everything. Some, it's somehow, it somehow gets everybody mad at everybody saying, <laughs> But are they that wrong? Like, and here's the thing. Just like Ohio State in 2014, if Alex wins it all, then everything goes away. And I burn the league down. So that's it. You, then, do. you know, you do. 
That's the thing. I mean, again, if you were to ask Mike, who would he not want to play? Obviously, he would probably say you were Colin first, but then Alex is probably right there. Yeah. Alex beat him. Once out again, the largest margin against Mike is six and a half points, but Alex did have that margin. What can you do? Okay, so our matchup is in the first round, it's Mike versus Alex, and uh, on the other side of the bracket, it's Chuck versus Colin. It's basically the is- Ohio State Michigan versus me and Colin. That should have happened last year. It's it's fantastic. I'm I'm very excited. <laughs> but if this happens, it'd be great. It would be incredible if that actually happened. Um. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um. Okay. But feel free to yell at us. I'm sure at least Ben and Zach are going to yell at us. For oh, this. I mean, Zach's going to be real mad. Zach is going to. Zach and I have actually been doing a lot of discussion about. Um. Not to spoil anything, but uh, fraudulent like rankings. Essentially, trying to statistically determine fraudulence um and uh i think it doesn't look good for zach that's my opinion but we'll 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 get to that another day um okay but so that was uh that was our our playoff rankings let's now move into uh a segment that charlie we're gonna call brian's recent rankings yeah and she said do you come from a land down under Um, okay. So, uh, Charlie, Brian recently did some rankings. Um, he ranked, he ranked some people recently yesterday did. to be exact. It was being recorded on a Wednesday. These rankings came out on Tuesday, much like the college football playoff committee rankings come out on Tuesday. Brian also released his rankings. He did. One might it, say it that was, he was trying to overshadow them. Yeah. You went and he ranked a certain quality and, um, and each of the members of the group, one to 14, uh, and really, John, I really just want to break these down because depending on, you know, how you go about this, these could be very different things. Right. Definition. So Brian kind, of, Brian kind of gave the definition he was using, but he really didn't do a great job because that's not really one of the definitions that are out there. Of that, yeah. Of that. <laughs> a couple of definitions that I looked up and went to Urban Dictionary said, what are the actual definitions of this? And wanted to see what was going down. So, first one, most prominently, that I found was the English definition. Mm-hmm. English definition tends to refer to this as sort of an idiot mm-hmm. or idiocracy. Sort of that type of dumb, stupid, moronic, right. one of those yeah. things. Brian had himself fourth on this <laughs> list, John. Fourth out of 14. And let's just say, Charlie, we're not disagreeing with that placement. We're just no. pointing it out. <laughs> This is a man who's been charged with leading the youth of America into the, the age of tomorrow. Into the ground. And, and apparently he is, apparently we're fucked. The youth of America have no shot. This is the man that's been charged to lead them. And he's got nothing. He knows he's got nothing. He said it himself in these rankings. He's got nothing. This, this is the man, Charlie, who needs to protect these children from Josh Giddy. And I just don't know that he's up to the task. Brian might actually cause some of that. You never even know. <laughs> he's so dumb, you don't know what he's capable of. He's play matchmaker. Yeah. Another definition that I looked up is somebody that you dislike or you hate. Also a very similar, kind of a, a partner of the British definition. It kind of has a lot in common. 
Again, Brian has himself fourth. John, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. I stopped talking when you left. This is good. So, again, somebody that you strongly dislike, Brian, again, hit himself fourth. John, is this a cry for help? Um, you know what it is, Charlie? But we, I'm going to worry about Swift. Like this, John, this might be the clearest case of a cry for help that we have. It's Brian, up there. Brian hates himself the fourth most out of our group. That's himself. Who is the top three, actually? Who does Brian hate more than himself? Because that's, listen, that's kind of high praise almost. Zach, myself, and Garrison. And then it was Brian. Well, that actually kind of tracks, if I'm being completely honest with you. Like, it, if he, if we're using that definition, it still fits. Again, now, Brian, you want to say, if you're listening to this, um, it's never the answer. As much as we would be happy that you maybe left us as a group, it's not the answer. If you need help, you we would always, not you be can, happy if you, you left always, us as a group. You, you, you could always call you could, Brian. You could always call me. I'll talk you down off the ledge. <sighs> Jesus, that's not where I thought we were going with this. I'll okay. get you. I'll get you. I'll, I'll I'll probably march you up to the ledge first with the first things that I say. Then I'll get you back off. But Brian, I want to make sure, John. We need to put Brian out there that if this is a call for help, a cry for help. Uh-huh. That we're there, we're there to support him if he needs us. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And the final, the final definition that I want to target here is the Australian definition, often a term of endearment, a good yeah. pal, someone that you admire. The inverse, in fact, yeah, of the others. And again, Brian has me second on this list. I've always known that Brian looked up to me and admired me as a person, as a superior. Mm-hmm. Often as a superior. And it's just good to sort of get that validation that, you know, I know that Brian's always respected me and it's just good to see that in writing sometimes. It is. No, it absolutely is. Um, and <laughs> I think um, from that perspective, uh, Brian was really, um, first of all, I'm a little hurt at that point because I'm, I'm pretty low down. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that in, in that way, you know, we need to do a better job building each other up in the group. I think that, you know, we don't do a great job of that. So um, approaching it from that perspective, I think that Brian was really trying to, and look, you're working pretty hard right now. You're in med school. You're going through a lot of, a lot of different trials um, and, you know, a lot of change just month to month. Um, And so Brian trying to lift you up like that is really a beautiful thing. Like I said, I've always known that I was superior to Brian and it's just nice to see that he also knows that as well. And I don't even know that it's superiority to him. I think it's just that he's saying like, Hey, this, tra- this this Charles Kesa is a good guy. He yeah. ain't too bad. <laughs> He's better than me. He knows it. And I don't know right. it. Just, just pushing through it. Okay. That's, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, no. And um, yeah, Brian, we don't actually really want to know which definition you were using because to me, uh, the most beautiful thing about art is that it is open to interpretation. Yes. And that I think um, preserving that is is a is an important piece of this puzzle yeah and so brian like i said i'm sorry that you think you're dumb i'm sorry that you hate yourself but i won't apologize for your acknowledgement that i'm better than you that's really what i'm getting at here he either hates himself or he likes himself more than what we do two-thirds of us that's self-worth wise that's not too bad yeah 
You know? But it's also, at the same way, not having yourself at one. It's like when you didn't put yourself first in the job you'd like to have pulled that we did with Mike. And you know what? I backtracked immediately after that. I stand by it now. I do. Okay. <laughs> I, as but it's one of those gone. things. So again, Brian, Brian, I hope you're doing all right. Um, and like I said, good luck this week, Mr. Rival, because this is going to be a fun one. That's all I have on this segment. That's that's fair. Okay. Well, with that, um, I'm going to play. Um, what should I play? Well, we'll do the ballpark noise. Um, uh, we'll move into our predictions. Perfect. Just just perfect. Um, okay. So to recap last week, uh, Chuck, you and Colin, uh, chalk, essentially. is four and two for, for each of you. Um. Also, give me one second. I'm gonna let this dog in before I strangle him. I I can't. I I just can't do it. Why are you like this? Who raised you this way? Wasn't this me? dog absolutely stinks. I can't say that or not. John's dog sucks. And I'm a dog guy, and John's dog stinks. I need a second beer to deal with Nugget. Um. He is, he, he's manic, is what he, it's actually sad. He's been attacked three different times by bigger dogs. So a lot of his behavior is essentially like, anytime he thinks there is another animal nearby, he's attempting to like scare them off by like, he wants to swing first, essentially, at this point, uh, which is sad. It does not make dealing with it any easier, though. Yeah, this dog sucks. But um, on, to the, on to the predictions, John. On to the predictions. Um, so, yeah, you guys uh, broke even. Uh, it was four and two for each of you. Um, overall, that brings us to uh, I stayed uh, the same, uh, 37 and 23, which is a 617 winning percentage. Colin improved to 23 and 13, uh, which is a 639 winning percentage. And then you, Chuck, uh, did jump up to 27 and 21, uh, good for a, a 563 winning percentage. Um, once again, really good thus far from everybody. Like I said, in comparison to the records that you and Colin have or the win percentage, mine looks bad at only 563. That would be dominating the picks most, most of the time. Like we're just not, oh, we're, we yeah. are just play, picking well. We are picking well, I think mostly because we as a unit all were like, no, I'm going to pick the ones that, like, for example, the only one that you're really doing this year is you're picking against Zach every week, which has been okay. Um, outside of that, we're not doing any bits, which yeah. is really helping in terms of the actual picks, which is nice. Um, but okay. So we're going to go through these. Um, I think we actually have some very important matchups. Also just Colin and I talked about when we picked the me versus that game, it was the marquee match at the most important thing. I said it was a game that I just had to win. We had to keep moving forward. Basically everything that I needed to break my way last week broke my way. Yeah. Yes. I won. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah, Gary lost, and then John, you ended up um, because of Gary lost. You won, and Brian lost. I'm yes. not Alex. Come back. So it's like this is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. So for the first time ever, things really broke my way last week. Got to continue it though. I am still in control by own destiny. Cannot rely on those around me. I have to go out and take it this week. And yeah, I mean, you do have you got two winnable games. If I no, I no, I have one. I play, I play, I play, I play, I play Mike, Mike the last week. Never mind. So I've got the second one. second I said it. I, so I did, 
instead of going through the whole playoff predictor again, I did go through. And basically, if I win this week, and then the worst case scenario for me happens around me, but I win, I'm pretty much it. At eight wins, assuming that I don't totally bottom out in points, but lose right. the last week, I'll be okay. I should be it. Right, have something stupid happen, like Garrison scores 200 points for two consecutive yeah, weeks. Exactly. To jump you. And, I, and even then, I'm... 147. I'm up by 75 points. Like, that's a big gap to close for Gary. Yeah. In two weeks, you know. It is. It is. Um, and there's honestly, there's a lot of those. Like, there's not, I really don't. In two weeks, I don't think we're going to see, at least at the top, the point standings move much. Like, it's hopefully just not. not. Ho- hopefully not. Like, there's a lot of points in between everybody at the moment. Um, Okay, but so we can go through it. Uh, so let's go through the easy ones. Um, so Zach versus Kyle. Um, this has to be actually very difficult for you, but it's very easy for me. I'm picking Zach. Is Kyle's team dead? I saw his projection. Um, he's got to have some. Oh, no, he's got a full roster in there. Who's no, on by? Who's on? Gus Edwards is on by. That's his big. Oh, and Rashid <laughs> Shahid is hurt. Oh, did he? Oh, hurt God. <laughs> God, Kyle's team. Oh God. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah, Kyle unfortunately seems to have peaked just a touch earlier. Than yeah, he just peaked a little, a little too early there. I gotta go with Zach as well because I don't. This, he's playing a corpse this week. Also, like, how come Ben had to be good when I played him? Like, why couldn't I play corpse Ben the last four weeks? <laughs> you might get your chance again in the playoffs. This is true. Um. Because, yeah, Corpse Ben is unfortunately inevitable at the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, Zach, there's no real reason to. I mean, when you see a projection gap that big, you, you don't like you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. No. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to the other one that, um, based on wins, is a pretty big gap. And actually, projection is still pretty big. Um, me versus Colin. I'm going with Colin. It's not because I mean your team is still one win does not no. change no, the entire the entire scape of your franchise. But Colin's team is is playing. We said maybe playing besides for Mike, maybe playing the best ball right now. So uh, no, he is. Um, I do have to pick myself. I think in a rivalry week, morally obligated to pick myself. Oh, we got we got a couple rivalries this week. I didn't even noticed we that do. when I was making the schedule. We do. Uh, we we do check a couple boxes. I also see now that I put uh, Gary versus John. Say you're, you're also not, you're also not playing Gary this week. You're only playing <laughs> Colin. So only Colin. I mean, it's Mike. It you know, it's Mike yeah. was going to be in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I do need to pick myself. I think I have a shot. Um, it. I mean, it, it, you have to play better than you did last week, and Colin's team has to play pretty bad for you to win this game. That's that's where we're looking at, though. Oh, you have to basically play your best game. You got to play his like C game for you to have a shot at this one. So I think the thing is that Collins' team is going up against pretty exclusively good defenses, and like I'm not Hurts. Hurts is going to get twenty points no matter what. That's you know a given. But you got New Orleans. You got uh, you got a couple New Orleans. You got Philly. You got Cleveland. Like those aren't necessarily uh, you know defenses that you want to see your guys playing. I agree with you. He doesn't need his A game to beat me, but it's going to open the door where if I get uh, something to break my way again, 
which listen, the Dolphins no, playing any any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, the Dolphins playing the Commanders could be the thing that swings it for me because God knows what Sam Howell is going to do at any given moment. Sam, hey, he's, he's going to throw it. He will throw he's it. He's going to throw it. The enemy will make sure that Sam Howell has 45 dropbacks in yeah, that he, game. He's going to throw it. So, um, Also, um, based uh, on the Thanksgiving coverage, you would have thought that Sam Howell was truly the future of the franchise. <laughs> like, were you listening to that commentary? Oh, yeah. They were like, and listen, you know, they, they nailed it. They find, they got a draft pick. Can you believe this guy fell to them in the third round? Oh my, yeah, no, I can't. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty he's obvious lead, why he did. Yeah, he's going to lead the league in sacks. Um, he's going to lead the league in yards, but just because he won't stop throwing the football. Um, but yeah, I think that there is a chance I take Colin, so I might as well pick me. Next up, yeah. another kind of gimme, uh, Gary versus Mike. Yeah, I mean, this is a safe one. You just don't bet against Mike at this point. His team, he, he did have a little lull there, maybe like three, four weeks ago, but he seems to be back firing on all cylinders. Yeah, um, and again, a, a lull a for Mike. Worth, not a team worth picking against at this moment. No, and again, a lull for Mike, I think, is just different than a lull for the rest of us. Like a lull from he lost a bunch of games by less than 10 points. And also, he's playing Gary, who, let's not yeah. sugarcoat it here, Actively tanked, like traded away his good players. He did. Um, he lost to me last week, which I mean, even with so I think the issue with Gary is that he is tanking and he also has the few good players he has remaining are hurt. Yes. Uh so there's there's really nowhere to turn for him. I mean, maybe T. Higgins will play this week. Um, but probably not. Um, and even if he does, who what's that gonna do? Um the the, the corpse of the Bengals. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, a game with some very real playoff implications here. Uh, you versus Brian. Yeah, going to have to go with myself, obviously. Um, I will say Jonathan Taylor getting hurt, not great, but and then just declaring he's going to be out for two weeks is actually the best case scenario because I do have Zach Moss, and he is going to get now get. Like, Zach Moss is going to be a very startable running back. Yeah, once like, again. It, yeah, and so, like, that's definitely a dip because Jonathan Taylor is better than Zach Moss. But, like, I didn't just all of a sudden lose a starter in that scenario. So, like, yeah, it's yeah. it's still kind of status quo for me with that spot. No, I agree. Uh, I do. I'm going to take you as well just because I – Brian has an, a, a bizarrely big projection given that Brian really hasn't shown me anything. Yeah, Brian has shown me that he's going to go out. He's going to get his 120. 115, something like that every week, um, which is fine. It's going to beat me and Kyle, Alex most weeks, but it's it's just not it's not good. It's not good enough to the be one, a good team. The one thing that worries me is I've gotten like three notifications about how Debo Samuel and AJ Brown are just primed to just battle and go off this week, which makes me believe. But we either each going to have less than 10 points. They're going to be terrible. That is true. Anytime this year, the field Yates has gotten out one of my guys. It's like, this guy's going to have a big week. It's not panned out. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I'm less confident about Debo than I am. I think this could be an AJ Brown. Like he took, or actually, no, I guess the opposite. I could see it being like an AJ Brown, like, uh, he wants to keep the Niners in their place. Like kind of like, they seem to be riding a real, like, Again, for a team that played in the Super Bowl, the size of the chip on their shoulder is ridiculous. Don't forget, John. John, this is 
the winner of this game retroactively is declared NFC champions from last year. Again, a second yeah. time we will redeclare it. Yeah, I think that AJ Brown has probably heard a lot of like if Purdy's healthy, yeah. they win that game. Yeah, if, like, if, if the Niners if the Niners win this game, they also are they're defending NFC champions. Defending <laughs> NFC champions. Yes. They also did lose in the Super Bowl last year, but still. Yes. You get the NFC you get that trophy. And um, I will say the one the one thing the one ace that I think I still have in the hole is that he's played better the last few weeks, but Travis Kelsey is viable to, to explode at any time for he's 30. due. He's yeah, due. Like he, like his projection is 15. It wouldn't shock anybody if he doubled that. Like no, randomly in a game like this. They're playing the Packers. Yeah, especially in a game that is now all of a sudden looking more competitive than it did three weeks ago. Like three weeks ago, it looked like this might be a game where like Mahomes kind of mails it in at halftime. Like they're up big. It doesn't really matter. Pacheco, it's a Pacheco game. Yeah. But uh, now it seems like the Packers are going to put up enough of a fight that this, they could still be thrown in the fourth. Yeah. The, the, pa- the Packers are very quickly with the Vikings losing are very quickly playing for a lot. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, let's not forget that Jordan Love is very much playing for, you know, his career at this point. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Yeah. I will say that I have seen, like, if you stand up their, project, their stats from their first 12 starts, Jordan Love has basically done exactly what Aaron Rodgers did in his first 12 starts for the Packers. Oh, I'm sure. It's like he's, the numbers are, like, identical. I'm not sure. Again. The only thing that we could say about Jordan Love while he was sitting on the bench was that he was not a two-time MVP. That's yes. the only thing we could confidently say. Anything short of that is very much possible for him. Yeah. Um, and again, I think they have young receivers. Like I, he's, I think he's probably pretty good. And the Packers are like, besides, is Aaron Jones ever playing again for the Packers? Allegedly, he might play this week. <laughs> Okay, because besides for him, they're like back to being healthy. Like, yeah. you know, so they're kind of, you know, they have the receivers at least are back to being healthy. Yeah, their defense is still hurt, but that could come around Which, too. Which again is good for me in this scenario. It is. It is very good for you. Um, but yeah, okay. So I think it's it's you. Um, okay, so the, spoiler alert, these last two have very, very large playoff implications. So we have Ben versus Scott. I would have made this the marquee matchup, but I see why you went with the other one. Yes. The other one is a loser leaves town game, effectively. Um, neither team may make it in the, the marquee matchup. But it's, no, one it's for sure. It, it's the most definitive loser leaves town game we've had in a while. And so that is what correctly the marquee matchup. Also, um, will Ben, is Ben going to field a full roster this week? Yeah, so for the third week in a row, Ben appears to be um, not looking at the fantasy app. <laughs> because once again, and I guess Gary kind of did this last week, um, but like once again, it's been like I've been like scrolling through and been like, oh, oh, huh, I guess Ben hasn't filled the spot. And it's like, oh, well, he'll take care of it. And then like Saturday rolls around and still <laughs> there's not anyone in the uh, the correct spots. Yeah, I have, I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to have to – maneuver Ben's roster for him this week. I just have that sort of feeling. And he does contrary, technically, Charlie, he qualifies for his Etler rule exception. No, he's only got four by weeks. He's got five. Cam Akers, I, despite being in his IR spot, is on by. Oh, I even noticed Cam Akers. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does. But even that, <laughs> you even, even, 
even if Ben fills out his roster, Scott's going to pretty much have the advantage at every possible spot. And like I said, I took a while that last week to kind of vary from what Colin was picking. Scott is my guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm firmly in, in Camp Trentman, so I'm going with Scott. Yeah, no, I'm going Scott too. There's just no uh, way that Ben... Essentially, Ben's three best players will not be playing. Um, I guess Ashane, if he's actually healthy, would qualify as Ben's best player, but who knows? So, yeah, I don't, I don't think Ben goes past it. And again, with Ben essentially having a uh, playoff spot locked up, he might not go out of his way to field a full team. <laughs> he really might yeah. not. Um, so who knows? But okay. So that's actually a little on. Un- See, and this is another reason why it's not the marquee matchup. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to our marquee, our true marquee matchup, which is going to be Paul versus Alex. A true loser leaves town game. This is this is most definitively a loser leaves town game. If Alex wins, both teams will leave the game with a six and seven record. In but theory, Alex still will be have... alive with the last week, but Alex would have such a huge points advantage. Yes, that... it keeps him then, very much. <laughs> on the on the contrary, if Alex loses, it picks up his eighth loss. There's no way. And six and eight, it's going to be very tough to make the playoffs. I'm not actually confident that it's. Eh, it might be possible, but it's. It won't be. I haven't run the numbers. It's if it's if it even is mathematically possible with the points he'll have. It's going to be very tough. It would be a very specific scenario. I mean, I'm guessing it will rely on you and Kyle to somehow win the last game. <laughs> yes, yeah, two games. Kyle, Kyle, and I will both have to win our last two games in all likelihood for Alex to pull this off. Um, however, uh. Alex has a very large points uh, benefit. No, Alex literally, literally has the advantage at every spot. He does in this in this game. Paul, and now um, it helped like all, similar to sort of Ben. Three of Paul's better starters are not available for this one. They're they're on by. Um, not that they were the difference maker, but that is a no. top ten receiver. It's a top ten receiver in GJ Moore that Paul doesn't have. It's. A quarterback that would be in the top ten in points if he had played the full season, Justin Fields. Yeah, and it's a very, it's a it's a running back one in James Cook based upon yeah. where he's ranked right now. So it's like those are three definitive starters that Paul does not have available. And like you said, as we as we kind of hinted, uh, the waivers were not there to replace no. that firepower. And so, as much as it hates me to say this, um. It hates you know me to say this. Yeah, pains me to say it. <laughs> you know what? But fuck, it. I'm I'm going with Paul. I'm picking Paul to win this game. I, I okay. need. I just would would the the payoff of Paul killing Alex is worth more than the one knock in the win column of me being wrong. Column. And Alex winning this. And Alex winning this game. I mean, it's definitely possible, as we've said. Alex is capable of beating anyone or losing to anyone. There's no answer that we can give you uh, as to how Alex is going to play. Kyron Williams could put another 40 points up or he could get hurt in the first quarter. And that's just, they're playing the Browns. I mean, they're playing the Browns. The Browns have not given up a lot of big spots to running backs. That's true. Um, And Alex is still trying to start Brees Hall. He really wants to make Brees Hall a thing. (laughs) Despite the fact that I'm not sure that that's in his, he's trying. I mean, Brees Hall is a running back too. He's a star running back too. He is. He would argue that, if your running back core is Brees Hall and Joe Mixon, maybe you should have maneuvered elsewhere to get 
But like Kyron Williams at this point is a running back one or like he's a starting one. running back at this point. One. Yeah. He's 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 the running back that I might outside of like McCaffrey might most want to have in this league right now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I'm going Alex. I, I once again we discussed it in the playoff thing. I, I think that Alex is actually just one of the better teams in this league, which doesn't make sense. And I don't want him to mm, let me rephrase that. I want Alex in the um, unaffiliated bowl, in the uh, the petite final. The petite, the petite final. I want Alex there because, A, I don't want to play Alex in the loser's bracket. That's not good for me. He, he, that's an absolute wrecking ball if he falls <laughs> under that loser's bracket. And he'd play me, too, because he'd wind up probably as the best of the loser's bracket teams. Um, so I don't want to play him there. And on the other side of things, um, I don't. I think he could win it <laughs> if we put him in the playoffs. So the petite final is really the ideal situation, and an Alex win would get him would go a long way to putting him there. So um, I'm going to go with Alex here. Okay, um, so we we differed two, enough. Enough. I think uh, once again, two games different is the perfect. I think that's the sweet spot, really, in terms of us picking these games, um, especially with everybody tanking. Uh, so to go back through it, so uh, we both picked. Zach, Mike, you, and Scott. Um, and then I picked myself and Alex, and you picked Colin and Paul. We will see how that... I think that's going to be... That's that's a one-and-one, one, if I've ever seen one. Pro- that's, yeah, that's probably, that's probably a split. <laughs> that's, that's the easiest split I've ever seen in my life. Um, okay, well, I think that's going to about do it for us then. Um, Charlie, uh, do you have any uh, last thoughts? Yeah, I do have one last thought, John. Um, oh. This is this is more of a for, just a for John thing, but everybody else will listen up. John, do you see who's behind me right now? Millie. Would you have known that through the recording of this podcast? This is going to undercut your point. Yes, because I saw you petting her earlier. <laughs> However, but no one those listening. Of you, those of you listening, would you have known that? So, John, do better. That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree with you. Um, look, in my defense, I came into this nugget was eight. <laughs> That's too late to change habits. <laughs> it's too late. It actually worked out perfectly that I dragged Millie up here to prove this point. And this is a particular, this was a particularly bad nugget episode. This is, it, re- this it really, is- it really worked out in my favor on this no, one. This is, I might actually, because you said that I might just need to leave in all of the nugget content because it really reaffirms your point. If I cut it out, there were like five times where I had to stop and walk away and deal with him. Yeah. Before I, uh, yeah, it's been, here's the thing, Chuck, as bad as this is consider, if you will, that I work from home and regularly have to take phone calls. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah, that's tough. So yeah, my, my, my major point here is just do better, be better. Yeah, that's all I'm asking no. for. Same thing like Brian. Brian, I hope you're okay. That's all I'm. That's, that's, <laughs> main two takeaways. I hope Brian's okay. I'm glad he admires me. That's one point. And John, just be better. And I need to do. Bean's great. He's he's solid. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for us then. Um, we will see you all next week. But until you all hear from Nugget again, peace. Bye.
Thousand and a win. 